0: We are so excited to announce something brand new here at Bayshore Community Church. Available now on any of the app stores, either Apple or Android or even Amazon, is the exciting Bayshore Church app for your mobile device. Now, this app is chock full of content for you to use to engage with Bayshore. There's a sermon archive where you can browse past messages from both campuses. There's ways for you to sign up for classes, for events, for events, for small groups there's events calendar so that you don't miss anything that's happening there's even a bible reading section where you can get daily updates on where we are reading in the bible also this app has a great new giving feature a very sleek and efficient way to easily give anytime you like and also have reoccurring gifts to be sure to check out our app, you can go to bayshorecc.org slash app, that's bayshorecc.org app, and find links to download the Bayshore Church app.
1: Man, good morning. <clears throat> ah, it is a great day. I tell you, uh, Jeremy just talked about next Sunday, but... I tell you, I am real, real excited about next Sunday, and uh, it's just going to be an exciting, exciting time uh, here. Uh, I've been privileged to see some of the things that they have planned, and, and it's just gonna be uh, it's going to be a celebration. You know, uh, I do a lot of funerals. That's sort of a little downer from Easter. To, but uh, you know, we always, we always celebrate. That person's life. We celebrate. And how much better, how much better to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's going to be a great service. So, uh, uh so I just encourage you to, we got all these invite cards out there, grab a handful of them, invite your friends and invite uh, your family, uh, to come next Sunday. Uh, I, uh, I'm so thankful for all the guests that are here today, and I'd like to welcome our podcasters and and those watching on Facebook, and uh, just so good to have all of you. And uh, I tell you, I'm really thankful, though. Don't tell everybody else this. I'm thankful for you all. I'm thankful that you're here live. It would be difficult to preach to empty seats, I tell you. So I am so thankful that you're here today. Oh, man. I tell you, I want to ask you a question this morning. How? Now I know you're all different than me, but and I know you you'll probably have a different answer than I have. But how many of you in here have ever failed? You've ever messed up at something sometime in your life. You know, I put up both hands. <laughs> you know, you failed Uh, a test when you were in grade school, or you failed an exam when you're in college, or you failed at a job, you know, or maybe you failed in a relationship. Uh, I remember, and I hadn't thought about this for years, but I remember the first time I really failed. I actually sinned. Now, I was like three or four year old, and you're saying, well, how can someone that old really, really sin? And, well, I'll tell you how I sin. I said, we went my, uh, to visit my Uncle Charlie and my Aunt Joe, and Uncle Charlie was in the Air Force and stationed at Dover, and so dad, and mom, pod, me, and my sister, and my brother, and we went up to Dover, and, uh, and, uh. My cousin Charles Thomas took me back in his room and to play with his toys. And he was a few years older than me, but we were, I was, remember playing. And he had this little plastic flatbed red truck. And I just fell in love with that truck. Oh, I was having so much fun with that truck. And so when we got ready to go home, you guessed it. I took that little truck, and I put it in my coat pocket, and when I got home, I found out quickly, you do not take things that don't belong to you. (sighs) It was a hard lesson to learn at three-year-old, but uh, I learned that lesson. We've all messed up at some time. We've all failed. Now, I know we're all Christians here, and we're, we're brothers and sisters, and we love the Lord, but have any of you ever failed the Lord? Yeah, we've all failed the Lord. And we're going to talk about someone today who we're very familiar with, and he failed the Lord. My message, I entitled my message when the rooster spoke. Now, you're probably thinking, I don't remember a rooster ever speaking. But you know, the Bible talks a lot about different things other than people that speak. We all know the story back in Numbers where uh, the donkey spoke, Balaam's donkey spoke and warned Balaam. But do you know that also in the book of Hebrews, it says that Abel's blood speaks, so blood can speak. Jesus said on his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, when all of the people were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, and the religious leader says, hush them, tell them to be quiet. And Jesus said, if they were stilled, if they were quiet, then these stones would cry out. Now, I know that some of you out there are just like me, but those stones didn't really speak. Well, did Jesus lie? No, if Jesus said they could speak, then they could have spoke if those people had have been still. In Romans, it talks about creation itself. It speaks to the glory of God. And it also says creation groans. So, why should we find it strange that a rooster can speak. Now I want to read a story out of Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through 62. It says, then seizing him, talking about Jesus, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance, but when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, was with Jesus. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him. He said, A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. When Peter heard that rooster crow, he remembered the word of the Lord. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. I wonder if Peter may also have heard something like this. I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. Now, understand, Jesus would never say that. In a condemning or a condescending way. Maybe it was more like this. Maybe Peter sort of heard, He warned me, he warned me, warning, warning, warning. Be alert, Peter. This is going to happen to you. Now let's go back a few verses early, or a few hours earlier, back up in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 through 34. Jesus said this, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Some of the translations say it like this, that Satan had desired to sift all the disciples, but the focus was on Peter because Peter was the leader. And that's the reason why we as a church need to spend special time, long time uh, praying hard for Pastor Danny and Miss Karen. We need to pray for them extra because as the leader, the enemy wants to sift him even more, just like he wanted to sift Peter Pastor Danny goes through all the normal siftings, just like all of us go through, plus he has all the responsibility of caring for us, caring for this church. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians? He's telling the Corinthians about all the stuff he was going through because of the gospel. Talking about being shipwrecked and in the ocean days and and being beaten and flogged and imprisoned and stoned and all of these things in the heat of the sun and in the cold of the night and all these things he was going through. Plus, he said, plus, he said, the daily responsibility of all the stress that I have because of the churches. He felt that responsibility. So it's important to pray for Pastor Danny and our leader as he leads and directs this church. Now, Jesus warns Peter about an upcoming trial, about a sifting that's going to come. There's a trial coming your way, Peter, that's going to try to knock you out of the way, to throw you off track, now we have warning signs in this world, right? Uh, you're riding down the highway and you see flashing yellow lights or amber lights, whatever color you want to call them, along the side of the road. you What does that mean? It means caution, warning, you're probably working on the road ahead. Slow down. be careful if you see a bottle and it 's got the skull and crossbones on it. We know that's a warning, right? That's poison. Don't drink from that bottle. That's a warning. Beware. It's a warning to us. And the traffic lights. You know, you're coming up to a traffic light and you see it turning yellow, turning amber. And what do we do? What are we supposed to do? Well, if you're like me, you just hit the gas pedal and try to beat that red light, Right? <laughs> I imagine most of us in here, that's what we do. Is that what it really means? No. What does it mean? It means slow down. It means caution. Be prepared to stop because it's going to be a red light. So we have all of these warnings in our lives that's before us. And these words, when Jesus spoke this to Peter, that Satan wanted to sift him. God, those words are meant for us too. We are in a spiritual battle. Warning, be alert. Just after this, when Jesus is in the Garden of Eden, and uh, he's off praying, and he comes back, and the disciples are sleeping, what does he say to them? Wake up, be alert. Warning, warning, trouble's coming. You need to be aware that the enemy is coming after you. Peter, in his epistle, he says, the enemy, the Satan, is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Warning, warning, be alert. You're in a spiritual battle. The enemy's after you to knock you off track. Jesus himself in John 10.10, he says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's a warning to us that we are in a spiritual battle. Now, I want to look at why did Peter fail? I don't know about you, but just about every instructor I've had, every professor I've had, every mentor I've had, every anyone that's trying to help me get along in this world, whether it be spiritually or just in the natural, they've always usually start our relationship by saying something like this. If you'll listen to me, you can avoid some of the pitfalls that I've gone through in life. If you will just listen to my wisdom from my experience in living in life, then hopefully you'll avoid some of the things that I've gone through. Now, most of the time I'm kind of hard-headed, and, and so I end up falling into those same things anyway, but uh, that's just me. So, but I think if we can look and see what caused Peter to fail... And understand that then maybe, maybe. Now we're not going to avoid all sifting or any tri- all the trials or everything that the enemy wants to throw our way. But maybe we can get through it a little easier. Maybe we can avoid some things. I look in back up in Luke, and it says this: it says when the mob came and they seized Jesus, and Jesus, they're taking him to the to the uh, uh, temple area to stand before the high priest. And uh, it says, Peter followed at a distance. Now, let me just say this. God didn't put those words in there just to fill up space. It was a purpose. And I believe even though this is speaking Literally, that Peter followed at a distance, I believe it really speaks to what to the condition of his heart. You know our actions, what we do, generally tells us where our heart is. Okay. Um, now, again, I'm speaking in generalities here, so nobody get offended at me. Okay. But generally Pastor Danny and I or some of the other staff, we'll notice this family, they've been coming week after week, they've been faithful, then all of a sudden they miss a Sunday, and they're here for two or three weeks, and they miss a Sunday, and they were here for a couple of weeks, and then they miss two Sundays, and you get the picture, eventually they're gone more than they're here. Now, again, I'm speaking in generalities, so don't take offense if you've missed a Sunday, Okay? But generally, that says to us, there's something going on with them. There's something going on with that family. Probably, usually it means there's something going on with their relationship to the Lord. They're not really where they need to be, and so they start missing church. Now again, that's generalities. I know people are sick, people have vacation, all those things. But I think that speaks to where Peter was. And we need to be as close to Jesus as we can get. Maybe, maybe it was pride. Maybe Peter's ego got in the way. And I read Matthew's account when when Jesus says this to Peter. This is Peter's response. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I mean, after all, Jesus, I'm more spiritual than the rest of them. You know, Jesus, I've always followed you very close. I'm, you know, you, the, you know that you know, they're not like me. You know? I think maybe, maybe it was a little pride. And in Luke's account, it says, even if fall, all fall away, I never will. Or Luke says, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to die. I'm ready to die for you, Jesus. The other guys aren't. Don't, don't, you know. No. So it could have been that. The Bible says in Proverbs 16, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. I like the message version. First pride, then the crash. The bigger the ego, the harder they fall. Now, maybe it was some of that. And I got to be honest with you, for years, I was pretty hard on Peter. You know, I would take that. He followed that at a distance and all those things. And I, I was just really hard on him. You know, if he'd have been close to Jesus, he wouldn't have done all that. He wouldn't have died. You know, I was really judgmental and critical of Peter. And I don't know if it's my age and I'm, I'm, I'm mellowing more as I get older, but I'm not so sure if that's all that was going on with Peter's life. Maybe, maybe, he just got blindsided. You know, sometimes in life, we just get sort of blindsided by things that we weren't expecting. Uh, you go into work on a Monday morning, and your manager, or your foreman comes up to you and says, this is your last week of work. Friday, we're closing the whole plant down. It's over. We have no business. You're done. Just sort to get blindsided by things. Maybe, maybe you go for a routine physical and your doctor calls you and says, hey, you need to get in here this week, need to talk to you. And he tells you, you've got some serious illness. You just get sort of blindsided, something you weren't expecting. Or maybe it's a marriage that you've been in for 20 or 30 years. And all of a sudden, with no fault of yours, all of a sudden your spouse just says, it's over. I'm done, I'm leaving you, and walks out the door. So sometimes we get blindsided. I wonder, the more I look at this story, I wonder if Peter was really sincere, that I will follow you to prison, I will die for you, Jesus. After all, remember in the garden, it says that one of the disciples pulled a sword and cut off Malchus's ear, the servant of the high priest? Just about all of your scholars, all of your commentaries, all of your books on Peter, they will say that that was probably Peter. So I believe Peter was willing and ready to die for Jesus. He just got blindsided. I mean, after all, he pulls a sword, he goes to battle, and all of a sudden Jesus says, put that sword up. And then just meekly goes with the mob. And Peter's just sort of left standing there. He's, I believe he was a little blindsided by what happened. He just sort of in the moment lost his sense of direction. That's why we need to be on guard. That's why we need to be filled with the Word, walking in God's Spirit. That message that I preached in January about being in the Word this year, that's what I was talking about. We need to be alert Warning, warning, there's sifting coming, there's trials coming. You need to be prepared by being full of the Word so that when error error, or sifting or trials or whatever comes, we're prepared. Now listen, this is the best part of this sermon. This is the best part of this scripture. It says, Jesus foreseeing that this sifting was coming, and warned Peter he said but Simon i have prayed for you that your faith may not fail did you hear that jesus prayed for peter he prayed for peter and he prayed this way peter when we leave this place you're never going to have no more problems You're just going to have a boatload of money the rest of your life. You're never going to be sick. You'll never have a single problem in all your life. Is that how Jesus prayed? He didn't pray that way, did he? No, he prayed that Peter's faith would not fail. There's sifting coming. There's going to be trials. There's going to be obstacles that are thrown in your way, trying to derail you from serving the Lord. But Jesus is praying for you. How do I know that? Well, Romans 8, 34 says this. Who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus, who died? More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Wow, God's not a respecter of persons. Jesus prayed for Peter. He's praying for us. And what's he praying? I just believe he's praying the same prayer. That their faith will not fail. I believe Jesus is sitting there at the right hand of God. And he's looking down on this earth. And he's looking at Jeff Hudson. And he's saying, Father... You know, Jeff is going through a terrible time right now. He's just being really beaten by the enemy. I'm praying, Father, though. Touch him. Don't let his faith fail. Now, I may be wrong in this. And in fact, I was sort of startled at the first service because I asked this question. Do you believe that Jesus' prayers get answered? Yes. The first service, it was dead silence. Nobody said nothing. I was like, uh-oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe I missed something. I don't believe. Jesus' prayers get answered. There's just no doubt in my mind. And if Jesus is praying for us, just like he did Peter, then he's praying that our faith will not fail. And listen, listen to what he says. He says, and when you turn back, Peter, you're going to go through a sifting, but I've prayed for you that your faith won't fail, and when you turn back, hey, Jesus knew, he knew Peter's faith wouldn't fail because he's prayed for him, hey, now you look at me and you say, but wait a minute, he denied Jesus, yeah, he denied Jesus, and we're going to get to that in just a minute, hey, Jesus knew, he knew that Peter was going to deny him. He knew Peter would stumble, he would fall. We might stumble, we might fall, we might sin, we will. There's no might about it, we all do. We come short of God's glory. But I'm here to tell you the God who created you, the God who saved you, that God will not let you go because Jesus is praying for you. Now, what I hope, this is my hope, I hope today that some of you have heard the rooster speak, that you've heard what Jesus said to Peter. And when Peter had denied Jesus and he heard that rooster, he didn't just hear cock-a-doodle-doo. He heard the words of Jesus, the words that said, you're going to be sifted. You're going to fall. You're going to stumble. You know, that's the words of Jesus to all of us. But I've prayed for you. I've prayed that your faith won't fail. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Bible tells me, Jesus is interceding for me. Jesus is interceding for you. And when Peter heard that rooster speak, what did he do? He walked outside, and it says he wept bitterly. He repented. How do I know that my faith doesn't fail? I'll tell you how. I know, and I'm not saying you know that it's the same with everybody. I just know that when I sin, when I do something wrong, the Holy Spirit that's in me so convicts me that I have to repent. There's an Old Testament story about the great prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah was called by God to prophesy to the nation of Israel. And it was at a time when the the whole nation was turning its back on God. And Jeremiah was calling them to repentance. And Jeremiah was beaten, thrown in jail, laughed at, mocked, just ridiculed. And finally he got to a point he said, forget them. I ain't prophesying no more. Now, I'm sure Jeremiah probably didn't say ain't, but that's okay. He, uh, he said, I'm not doing this no more. All it's done is get me in trouble. I've been beaten and thrown in jail and all these things. said, persecuted, I'm not doing it anymore. All of a sudden, he said, wait, wait, oh my God. He said, I could not stay, could not stop because it was like a fire burning in my bones, and he had to prophesy. Well, when I sin and make a mistake, again, I'm just speaking from my experience. I feel such conviction. I feel like a fire burning in my bones. You need to repent. You know that was wrong. You shouldn't have talked to your wife that way. You should not have Called that guy a jerk because he cut you off at the traffic light. You should not have. You know what I mean? That's something you can pray for me. I have difficulty with that all the time. But, you know, but then I get down the road and all of a sudden it's like, God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called that guy. that bless him. I know he was probably in a hurry. Lord, you know, it's like something going, it's like a fire in there. That's when I hear the rooster speak. Saying, Pat, turn back. So I just want you to know and pray that today you have heard the rooster speak. Amen? Now we're going to prepare to take communion and as they're preparing to bring communion, then I'm going to pray And uh, I just pray this morning that, uh, you know, we sang that song earlier, Lord, have your way. God would just have his way in our lives. And so let's pray. Father, again, we come before your throne of grace, and Lord, I thank you so much for everyone that's here, and Lord, I I pray for those who who may not really even have a clue what I'm talking about, but Lord, uh, they've heard the rooster speak today. And they know that they need to know you. They need to be aware and be alert and receive you, Lord, and begin to walk with you. Lord, I also know that, like myself, there's so many here, Lord, that we stumble and we fall, we sin. We put all kinds of nice words on it, but Lord, we sin. We walk in unbelief. We do all these things. But Lord, you have prayed that our faith will not fail. Lord, I thank you that our faith will not fail. But Lord, that we will continue to turn back to you and walk in your way and your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.